Ohm Your Power, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life with your hosts and soul-centered co-founders, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. Life after death. It's an issue that weighs on all of us every single day of our lives, whether we're conscious of it or not. Do we have a soul? Does that soul survive? What, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What, is it, what does it mean for my life? Is there ultimate purpose, ultimate meaning, ultimate anything? The answer is provided by the great wisdom traditions, spiritual traditions throughout the ages with a resounding yes. It is an important message and topic we have to explore, but we don't only go backwards here at Soul Centered. We also look around us and go forwards. And one of the ways we do that with a complex, profound topic like this is through movies. Welcome to the Soul Centered Cinema Experience, where we'll be exploring not just any movie today, but Disney's soul as we explore life after death. Welcome to Om Your Power, a podcast brought to you by Soul Centered. Soul Centered is a spiritual center for anyone seeking meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life. We provide healing and guidance services to anyone seeking to make a shift from a self-centered to a soul-centered life at midlife and beyond. I'm Ariella Halevi, your co-founder of Soul Centered and your healer in the afternoon of life. And I am Baruch Halevi B, and I am your guide through the afternoon of life. So again, today we're talking about life after death, but equally life before death and also life in life and why we come here. What is our unique soul purpose while we're here on this earth and how is it formed in the life before us and life after us and what is the purpose of our life today. And this is all inspired by this amazing Disney movie, you'll have to watch it if you haven't, called Soul. So we're going to be exploring Soul, and Ariella will give you a synopsis just in case you haven't seen it. You can listen to this podcast, and then you can go watch it. And also we've created a um, conversation and journaling guide for you of some ideas and thoughts we had during the the amazing cinema experience of soul, and it'll be available in the show notes. But before we do, this is going to be a series. I don't know. We don't know how many, but we do know it's not a one and done uh, soul centered cinema. And one of the reasons why we're doing soul centered cinema is because, you know, dealing with soul spirituality off sometimes, oftentimes can become complicated and we, we go deep and, and it's just intricate and it doesn't always have to be. We can also kind of go light and experience some of these topics in visual form and, and movies are a great way to do that. I know, Ariella, you've referred clients to movies. I refer clients to movies all the time, especially around life after death. I also think because we are in still in pandemic and whether you're out on vacations or you are still in your home, there's one thing that kind of joins all of us, and that is Netflix. For better and worse. <laughs> and we've all, I mean, you turn on your Facebook and you see these you know, people asking, what's the best show to watch? Which, what movie should we watch? And 
This is an opportunity for you to take yourselves and also your family, your loved ones, your children, if you have them, to really sit down and say, we're going to watch this movie, but we're not going to just watch a movie and be mindless about it. What if we watched a movie that was really meaningful and had a conversation about it? This you know, this is a great way. We know that spring break for some of us is coming up and, you know, there may not be a lot to do right now. Maybe you're not going away and you're still kind of around the house. So what about taking some time for you and your family and then using the soul-centered guide, the cinema guide in the show notes and really asking those questions of yourselves and also, if you can, to your family members. Totally. So before we get, before we get into it, um, on Soul is found only on Disney+. Plus like five bucks a month or something. Um, and so you can watch Soul, but you can also watch it with people through um, online. So my, our youngest, Aviv, watched it with his grandmother, um, okay. Jan. They watched it together live in two different places. One's in Omaha, one's in Denver. Pretty amazing. So, you know, geography doesn't have to be a, a barrier anymore to share this experience. And lastly, we're, we're starting with a Life After Death series, as you'll find out pretty soon. It's also, as Ariella said, Life after life and life before death or life before you move on. Um, and we're doing it as a series. We'll have multiple movies in this genre. But then again, we hope to go on to other topics, other movies, and we would welcome your input on movies that inspire you, that help you get soul-centered. Great. So let's move forward and talk about soul. Now, with this caveat, hopefully we don't give away all of the all of the meaning of soul, but you you do have to watch it. Even if we talk about it today, we hope that you watch it and really get the gist of it. It's really touching. The ending is I've watched it twice already. I always get to, you know I always get to tears every single time. So I'd really suggest that you watch it for yourself. But let's talk a little bit about it. So. The movie imagines the great beyond, the great before, sorry, where your soul find its, finds its spark before joining Earth. It gives us a story about Joe, a man on a mission to be something and someone in his music. But his clumsiness lands him in a sinkhole and he dies. And he goes into the space between life and death, dying to get back to his one purpose in life, which is his music. So returning to Earth, he plays in his dream band and suddenly finds that he's unfulfilled, realizing that he spent his entire life chasing the dream, but missing those meaningful moments and connections with other people. So he goes back into the great beyond, finally understanding what a mystic teaches him, that the purpose of life the purpose of life is to live it fully, seeing the beauty and connection in all and everything. And so it is this dance. It's the dance between life before death as much as it is about life after death. And that sandwiched in between is what do you do, as Mary Oliver says, what do you do with this one wild and precious life? And, um, you know, it's really it's really true about this movie that it is about all three, but it's sandwiched in between this very, very, very important question, because ultimately we can't control what happened before death and we don't know what's going to come after death. We know there's something, but what we have control of is now. So it was Jung who said that life is just a pause between two great mysteries. And this movie is really about the pause about the life more than it is about the mysteries. And in fact, in many ways, isn't it interesting, right, that this life is in some ways more mysterious than what comes next. Now, what comes next is or it isn't. Um, this life is so mysterious and we get lost 
in the mystery and we start following plots and subplots and realize it's sort of a, was it Lily Tomlin who said, I climbed the ladder of success to realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. And you, especially in the morning of life, you know, here we talk a lot about morning of life, first half of life, afternoon of life, second half of life, especially in the morning of life, we start chasing um, well, and it's interesting, Joe Gardner is his last name. Right. I was thinking about that. You know, he's a gardener, right? Adam and Eve, the gardeners, we're here to garden. In the morning, we really think it's about the physical garden in front of us. Right. Well, a shameless plug, my program coming up soon and my, my group coming up soon is called the, Your Soul Garden, because really, that was a good one, right? Because really, it's it's moving backwards, which could be before life or into your roots, to find and uncover the spark that lies in the mystery of this life. So we have to go through the morning of life in order to mess it up, right? I mean, Joe Gardner, so this is the challenge is that Joe, he was older and he got older and he, he was following after his father who was very passionate about music. And yes, and that may have been both of their, one of their sole purposes, but he got so single focused. And we can talk about how religions and, you know, certain areas of life get so focused on that one thing that he missed the beauty. He missed the message. So that's part of your soul garden is like moving backwards into order to find your spark, growing it in this life. And then what are you going to do with it when it grows flowers and blossoms into your future? Yeah, and you have to go through other people's gardens to try on, you know, different types of gardens and realize that what's not yours. We always talk about morning of life is not bad. It's necessary. You got to go through this process like Joe goes through in in figuring out. He thinks he knows what his garden is. He thinks he knows, you know, why he's, why he's the gardener, what he's here to do. And the movie really shifts around this girl. I don't even know if she's a girl. Like, it it's it's not important, and there was there's by the way there's a lot of um, back uh, controversy around this from a cultural perspective. These aren't races or sexes. This is all of us, and so this girl we're going to call her girl. She's uh, called twenty two, which is a mystical number in and of itself. Um, she's called twenty two, and his job is to mentor her and teach her because she's coming into this world and he's leaving this world. And the whole movie really revolves around his waking up and becoming a true teacher, Mm -hmm. a true mentor, which is interesting because he was a music teacher. But in the end, he becomes a true teacher regardless of his profession. So true. I didn't even put that together. And we think about, so the idea is also in this movie that before you go into your life, you acquire your mission, you talk to a mentor who helps you in your mission, and then you go and then you're kind of pushed into the earth. Not before you find that final spark that's yours. Right. So they help you, the mentors help you find the spark. And 22, she went through, she went through so many mentors and she- She burned everybody out. She did. And what happened was they were so frustrated with her. She, she assumed and became- she became her limiting belief that she really didn't have a purpose. And we'll talk about what that does to her. But there's, I want to touch on one thing. There's this idea that we're alone in this world and that we don't have anyone but us. And like, and I like this idea of, of 
going back to your roots, A, we have ancestors that are allies and we have people from beyond, our mentors, that we can gather here, whether it's an angel or a guide or someone who's passed or someone you just connect with that feels like it's a knowing. You, we are not alone in this education called life. And I think that was part of uh, the transformation is that this girl, 22, she had fundamental fears of being alone and people giving up on her. And all these great figures who they named, she burned out Abraham Lincoln right. and Sigmund Freud and Gandhi, right? <laughs> like Gandhi, Gandhi, she burned Gandhi out. Like how right. bad do you have to be? And people gave up on her. But Joe Gardner didn't give up on her. Um, even though he didn't realize he was mentoring her. And the two make this journey together, but it's partially it's about overcoming this profound loneliness that each of them had. And that's the curse in the Bible. It says, the, the first thing it says it's not good, it's destructive, is loneliness. And you can feel this is a movie about, yes, we are born alone and we die alone and there's a loneliness and yet we don't have to be lonely. I also think... You know, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I'm not sure, you know, just kind of thinking this out that, yes, our bodies are born into the world and our bodies leave the world. We can't go with your dad. You can't go with him. But I actually think the beauty of watching somebody pass away is that and I was honored to watch my grandmother, my grandmother pass away. And I tapped into these the multitude of family members surrounding my grandmother at her deathbed because she was so scared to leave this earth. But what I realized is that we're actually not alone. It's the facade that 22 brought up was that she thought she was alone. Yeah, and he thought he was alone here to satisfy himself and his needs. And, and it's, a, it's a story about that you're not truly alone. Mm -hmm. But yet our, our nature is we always feel lonely. Everybody mm -hmm. I counsel feels fundamentally lonely. And this movie is saying exactly what you're saying, and I obviously believe, is that we are not alone. But we've got to start seeing the what is real. You know, Sigmund Freud, no, somebody said, who's the most important thinker of the previous century? Uh, Buckminster Fuller asked this question or answered it, and he said, Sigmund Freud. Why? Because Sigmund Freud taught us that the invisible is more important than the visible. Mm -hmm. And this movie is about the invisible being more important than the visible. And the morning of life is all about visible, like what you can see and touch and do, the gardening. And as you grow into the afternoon of life, I see this with my clients, especially in the sunset, the later afternoon, the sunset of life, you start to realize that the visible is not real and it's not even that important. The invisible is real and it's of ultimate importance. It's so true. And I think 22 spirals into this darkness and depression and she she doesn't realize so it's interesting because they feel so alone joe and 22 don't realize that they're actually helping each other mm -hmm. and so he's not as they're both equally mentoring each other and that's the whole point but they don't realize it and so 22 spirals into this dark depression and you can see her hearing all the voices from Abraham Lincoln, from all you know the Dalai Lama or whoever it is, Gandhi, and all those negative limiting beliefs in her head become her reality. So she's convinced she's got this dark black circle. And really, she what she's learned what she learned on Earth with that was that she was this shining light. And she said, "But I love what did she say? Something like 
I love to, I walk. love to walk. And, and Joe's like, that's not a purpose. <laughs> right. right. And Go like, to college. right. Like you have to have a purpose. And I wonder, you know, our listeners, how many times have you been told that that's not good enough? You need to do this. You need to be accomplishing something in this lifetime. And we are left with these huge shadows in our, in our bodies and our minds and our psyches, because we believe that we are alone in our purpose because we're not doing something. It's not good enough. Right. Sylvia Borstein, great Buddhist teacher, has a book called Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. Right. And, and that's the morning of life you're taught. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. That it, the answer is outside of you. Right. To, to, you need to become more. You need to acquire more. You're not enough. And what happens is when you start acquiring all those things and you realize, like Joe, he acquired his dream and basically, it was like, that's, that's, it. that's it, right? And yeah. that's it. Because because coming back to some of the A message in the movie is your spark isn't what you think it is. It's certainly not what you do. It's certainly not what you become. Your spark is you. You are the spark. Right. I mean, so it reminds me of the work that we do with clients and that we, what we always talk about is either you say, what's your name? And I say, who are you? You know, that is, it's interesting because I think we do this in our parenting quite a bit is we've never really asked our kids, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I've asked a couple of times, they're like, I don't know. They keep asking me. Yeah. <laughs> they keep saying to us, Wait, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and I get into this Every whole day. dissertation about I am and I'm enough. And they're like, yes. No, but what do you answer. do? <laughs> Um, that was my point. I lost it. So the point is, is that we are conditioned in our Western society to say to everyone, you're at a cocktail party. What's your name? But what are they, where they're asking, this is your line. What do you do? Who? Make it sound like a pickup I? line. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? Hi, what's your name? I think I used that with you. Um, yeah, but that's, that's you oftentimes the second me. question. What's but your name? What, what do, do you do? do? Right. They want to know what do you do for work? What is your purpose? A- you're half of the people in the world today are not doing what they want to do in work. That is not their life purpose. Many people are just getting the food on the table and that is, you know, the purpose is to feed their family. So many of us are not living our life purpose. Many of us are conditioned. We all are conditioned to think that what you do is your purpose here. Like Joe, he was so single focused on doing A, what his dad did and B, what his dream was that he missed the relationship. He missed the leaves falling. He missed all the simple things in life. And what he learned was he transcended he transcended the visible, right? He transcended the morning of life. He transcended himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, this is Viktor Frankl, Philogotherapy 101, which is the only way you can ever get to true spirit. And you can get there in this world. And we'll come back to it when they hit the flow and they go into the spirit world. Yeah. But the only way you can ever get into true spirit is the self-transcendence. You've got to get beyond yourself and that's what happens is you see this man who stops saying, what's my purpose and starts saying, I am, and I am here to serve. I am here to give. I am here to witness and be present. And that's enough. You know, at that cocktail party, try answering somebody. You know, when they say, what do you do? Say, I walk like the girl, <laughs> right? What do you mean you walk? Oh, I walk. Right now, right now I'm breathing. Actually, I talk. I'm talking to you. 
but it's about they present. Walk away from you. But this is your. But this is your thing. Is present moment awareness. Right. And yeah, they may walk away from you, but it's only because, like Joe in the movie, they're conditioned to say that's not enough and right. you're not enough, and and that takes people into a small place and we allow ourselves to become small and constricted and that's called the lost souls in the movie mm-hmm. and i think what you're touching on is your purpose is to trust you know there's some there's like three things that i think are general purposes it's to trust in yourself and god or something greater than you it's to trust in life it's to surrender and be open to what life brings you and it's to find love inside of yourself and for the for life it's taking your small i i am this i am this i am this and it's expanding your i into a capital i i am mm-hmm. i am oneness i am the divine that is your spark that's your name right that is who you are. And even when I say that, so I'm, you know, really into energy and body. And when I say I am the divine, I am oneness, I can feel my heart expand versus what am I doing? I, 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 and there's so many times. I mean, I myself, like I miss the opportunities because I'm so focused on the I. And so the expansion is divine. It's heaven. It's, it's God. It's I am you know, this is partially my program is, is um, your sole choice. When people ask you, what's your name? And we say, I am, and I fill in the blank. I'm telling you everything I'm not. I'm putting myself in a box. I am this. I am that. I'm so many things. You're so many things. But then we start restricting, constricting, and that's hell. That's the lost souls. And if you do that for long enough and you keep telling yourself all the things you're not, and I'm not smart, and I'm not skinny, and I'm not pretty, and I'm not, 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 not. You just your world shrinks and this is the pathway to being a lost soul and feeling loneliness and constriction and despair so one thing that you're saying is making sense to me so that's on, it one thing only Thank one you. thing <laughs> compliments <laughs> i love you um <laughs> it's fun doing a podcast and having business with your husband because those air quotes around fun <laughs> <laughs> it is okay anyways so a lost soul is not only someone who loses their way in the anxiety, the self-depreciation and all that. A lost soul can also be someone who, like Joe, so you have 22 on one hand, mm-hmm. and then you have Joe who is so overly focused on his mission mm-hmm. and his one single purpose, he loses himself in his one single purpose. And that is just as lost mm-hmm. as 22. It's both ends of the spectrum. So the point is to come into the middle and do the expanding to I am oneness to find the balance between the two. It's such an important point because we just beat up in one one side of the spectrum and we let off the hook the other side, for instance, religious fundamentalism, right? You become so single focused in the name of God, I'm going to kill and hurt and maim and get my point across from doing it for God. Right? Or you can do it in New Ageism, where it's all about love and light, and I'm just all about the love, and I'm angry while I'm doing it, and I'm hurting people and cutting people off. You can do this in any area where you become so single-focused that you forget, I am, and that's enough, and you are, and you're enough, and we are, and that's enough. And this movie is a great reminder of 
take a, just breathe right. and just be. It's such a good reminder. There was a book I read a long time ago called God and the Small Things. I think that's what it was called. Like, yeah, no, oh. I can't remember. But I think that's what it was called. And it was this whole idea that, you know, you're going out and you're searching for that, that one big thing or that one, you know, that one religious part of this that is speaking to you or like the love and light and the transcendence. And this book, and it's also that book, oh man, I'm so bad at titles, um, Chopwood, Carry Water, um, yeah. After Enlightenment, Do the Law. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to her train of thought. <laughs> That's hysterical. Welcome to my brain. Okay, there's a couple of books in there. Anyway, after the laundry or something, something like that. Something like that. After yeah. the laundry enlightenment, or I don't know. Chop wood, carry water, something like that. <laughs> um, I hope you're laughing. So the whole point is that we get so busy either on a religious spectrum or a extreme spiritual spectrum, or just being so busy in general with life, is that we forget to see the divine in everyday life. We forget to smell the flowers. We forget to see, you know, we just had a blizzard. And for the first day I was entranced and I couldn't stop staring at it. And I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. The second day I couldn't get out of the driveway. And I was like, I hate, I hate it. I hate the snow. I'm mad. I'm angry. The third day I was into acceptance and just seeing the you know, just being inside of life. And that's really what it is because there's going to be so many ups and downs. So there's a famous joke, but it's about a, you know, a kid in Westchester who drops out of med school, moves to India to follow the guru. And his parents say, you know, Ira, come home. And he says, uh, I'm not, I'm so sick of your Western ways. I'm so sick of your doing and your achieving. And, and by the way, the guru says, if I stick around long enough, I can be number one in the ashram. And, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And so this is a movie that reminds us to stop striving and just be present to what is. This is what you're talking about, because life passes us by. And we're, you know, we're just we're so busy talking about and thinking about the future or stuck in the past. And Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music still in you. But what I love about this quote in this movie is that Joe Gardner was a music teacher, right? And all he wanted to do was play his music. And he thought he was expressing it. But really, it wasn't until he took a step back, he faced his mortality. And we want to talk and end with that. He, he got to the sort of the afternoon of life mentality that he realized his music wasn't what it thought he thought it was. And, and at that moment, he expressed his music in many ways for the first time. Yeah, I mean, one of the commentaries I read about this movie said that, you know, there's many ways to transcendence and you can get lost in transcendence and lost in in yourself, like we said, and music was his way. It was his meditation. Um, we might have missed it in the movie, but the commentary said that the way he transcended to the next life um, or to the world in between life and death was through his music. He was playing the piano and then all of a sudden you see him in the scene where he's in between life and death. That was his meditation, but but he let it he let his gift stress him out. Mm. That's really fascinating. I just came to that. Like that was his stress. He that was his gift and also his curse. He could transcend this world and beyond with his music, but he could also, and what he did in the earlier parts of his life, was that he lost his spark through his music as well. 
And so the key, like you said, don't die with your music still in you. What Wayne Dyer said is, what are you going to do with your music? Don't let it die within you, but don't go far in so far into it that you lose your purpose. Yes. And, and you know, we'll end with this. Um, it's not a movie about death. It's It deals with death. And, and I believe this is why we have to deal with death and confront our death and work with clients. You work with clients around death to take back the power from it so that we can use it and use it to live life, right? Because until you deal with your fears and you deal with what this is, this thing called death is and is not, it's very hard to live life. This is a great way for us to start this series about life after life because it, it's not a movie about death. It's a movie because in the end, he actually comes back to life. And in, in some ways, mm -hmm. he's born for the first time, born again, so to speak. Um, and he has a second opportunity. And, and what would you do differently if you had that opportunity? The Victor Frankl says, you know, do, do it this time. Do it right. Do it a different way. You, you are born again because you're listening to this and you're breathing and you're still here. This is an opportunity for all of us to shift gears and live truly in the afternoon of life and not be dictated and guided by our fear, but by love. And then to end, Tim McGraw um, sings such a beautiful song. He's a country singer and he's, his, the song is Live Like You Are Dying. And really that is the, I think that is the purpose, not to think about your death every single day, but to really live, live like it's your last breath. What would you do if it was? What would you do today that is that would be different than what you're doing right now? That's the final question asked to Joe in the movie. What are you going to do now? And he says, I'm going to live every minute of my life. And so with that, we're about to cry. We're tearing up here. <laughs> I get very teary. <laughs> um, now you're making me tear up. Um, and so with that made again, the, um, download for you, it'll be in the show notes. You can use it as a way to prompt discussion. It is not exhaustive. It is certainly just a, a jump start. You can journal around it. Um, and we believe deeply that these movies are a pathway to help you and a tool to help you get soul centered. So thank you so much for joining us today. And if you liked what you heard and want to learn more, you can check us out at our website, www.mysoulcentereded.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, we deeply appreciate you giving us a five-star review on whatever and wherever you listen to to help us get our word out. And join us on our Facebook group and our page, My Soul Centered Community. And last but not least, we created Carry the Fire, which is a do-it-yourself grief retreat. And it's really in this vein. It's not about dying. It's about living and carrying your loved one's legacy forward as you carry their fire. Until the next time, shalom, salam. Namaste, everyone. And peace. You've been listening to Own Your Power, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life with your hosts and soul-centered co-founders, Ariella and Baruch Alevi. <laughs>